creationism. Yeah. Elaborate on that a little bit. I just kind of made it up on the spot here, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I, I like it because like yeah. we're in the world of the creators. Yeah. We're sitting here as creators now, I guess, sure. in that sense. So yeah. is that it's a little overboard, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. everybody in the world shouldn't be trying to be a creator in some sense or not. Like maybe that's not necessarily... We should, maybe we should have a common goal. We're very individualized at this point, yes. and that's a scary thing because we don't play well with others or teamwork. I think that's you're very untrusting. Yeah, I think each other. One thing I've been looking at: I have I have three kids. Um, one of those family goals that I've been, my wife and I've been talking about, is like, how do we like? What does a real legacy look like? It's not always just money and and those kind of things. It's like it's passing down partially an identity of like, this is what our family does together. Like we're creating this as a, as a collective, not as like you go out and you do your own thing. And like nothing, like I did that for my, like all my brothers and my dad, like they're, they own this great business working on forklifts and machines and they're awesome. They're brilliant guys. They can do whatever they want with any kind of motor. And I, I took that same kind of mentality of like diagnostic uh, approach and applied it to the human body. Cause that was more of an interest for me, but I kind of broke free from that to a certain extent, but there's nothing wrong with staying in that collective to a certain extent, as long as that's a healthy collective that is that is growing beyond you, right? Like I think too much, too many of us are, are focused on on our life from now until we're dead. But like you look, you look at Italy; they built things to last, and they built them not even able to see like what the finished product's going to look like, right? Like they they built these the Duomo; it took them 140 years to build it. A lot of those guys don't see it come to completion, but like they were a part of that process because they believe in the bigger collective dream right mm -hmm. and so i think there's aspects of that in our society that's definitely missing and it, it affects us in so many different ways because we get so isolated and we go on instagram we started we want to get a big following we want to do all these big things but it's like i don't know like do you actually have a real skill like do you actually have something you can actually go <laughs> and do you know like do you actually help people or are you just like stealing other people's information and then perpetuating it and like claiming it as your own when in reality, it's like, just go out and help people, you yeah. know, like do something. Right. So I think that's, that's why creators do well. I think they actually go out and do real work and then they just talk, talk about the work that they've done and that people like that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, he who plants a tree and doesn't get to enjoy the shade of it is kind of, kind of lost in this generation. Mm -hmm. We obviously have short lifespans and uh, a lot of great things were built because people had vision to do something that was going to live past them and yeah. that they weren't going to get to enjoy the fruits of, so to speak, you know, sure. a lot of artists that, you know, had crazy life paths and didn't really get to see their, yeah. their shine, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Selflessness. Yeah. But then everybody wants to create a dynasty of sorts. Like you were just going back to a family, mm -hmm. but they're not, you know, taking into account that all of these fortunes may be spearheaded by a generation, but sure. like in certain terms, we're still, there was a collective bargaining agreement that the family was going to hold this thing mm -hmm. together over time through multiple generations and stay on the same or similar path yeah. to be a, the Kennedys or this family or, or such, yeah. you know, wrong or right or whatever, but sure. the power structure has been built over multiple generations yeah. not just in one time one, generation. one guy right yeah. i mean he wasn't thinking about himself in certain regards because we know that we're limited in scale of like you know yeah i think for me it was when i asked that question I'm like what would it look like if i went from this like i'm trying to like you know have the boomer mentality and not against all boomers but like a lot of boomers it's like i'm gonna spend every last dime and until I die. And then like, that's my main goal. And like, you have to earn it on your own. It's like, what if I flip that mentality and I say like, I'm going to be living for my kids and my grandkids. How can I, like, how does that influence my decisions now? Well, I want to have, I would definitely want to have good health. Like I want to be sure that I can be around them be active and be a present father and grandfather one day, hopefully grand, great grandfather. But also like, I want to show them and model to them, like, what does good health look like? What does it mean to like have faith and have a belief that you hold to that you don't let go of and how do you treat people like how do you love people well so that that can then have a greater ripple effect across whatever your circles are that you're involved with and i think that's that's what really i hope um, we can leave as an inheritance to our our future generations is that kind of mentality like that belief because belief is what 
belief or unbelief is what ultimately I think can, can spur us on or destroy us. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about Israel, like the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years before they found the promised land because they didn't have belief. Like they, they didn't believe what God was telling them to do. And so they wandered. You know, I think so many of us, we wander in our lives because we don't really have a firm thing that we're holding on to. It's just like, well, this guy says this and she says that. I don't really know what to do. I'm just going to stay where I am. And that, that's actually moving backwards, right? And so I think so many people live in that way with this analysis paralysis to where they end up having more of a um, propensity for anxiety because they don't have much anticipation for, for good things. Like they're only thinking about the things that are negative and only living in that existence. When you think about a kid on Christmas Eve, he has anticipation for the next day because he's expecting something good. Yeah. If you don't, if you're expecting something bad, like a test the next morning, you don't sleep, you have anxiety, you don't want to do the thing, you don't want to study because you're not looking forward to that outcome of, of having a bad test experience. Yeah. So, so much of our life is, is that kind of stuff and like little micro bubbles, I think, to where it, it dictates how we live our life and how we operate throughout our day. But if you actually thought, I can change my health, I can improve my sleep, or I can improve these things because I have this belief that it's possible and I've seen some people that have gone before me and have done it. I'm excited about this. I'm going to move forward in this direction with anticipation versus anxiety. And I think that's that's a huge shift that can really change the course of your life if you start thinking in those terms. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how I got on that, but yeah. No, I mean... It's a very, very well said. Yeah. Thanks. That people have <laughs> lost a lot of those things. Yeah. Well, our parents' generation is a, a little... Uh, you know, look what I did, look what I built, look what I gave you. You should be thankful that you're sure. here type of situation. And, you know, I like Elon Musk's approach to thinking like, uh, well, I, my children don't owe me anything. I brought them into this world, taking responsibility for the actions they've created. Mm. I owe everything to them, right? Because I made the conscious decision to enter them into this equation, right? Mm. Taking responsibility for, sure. our, for our actions and knowing that I created these kids and now it is my duty to them to to show them the way or lead sure. them or take care of them and feed them and these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the greatest, you know, they, people always use that term that like uh, a flex or whatever. I think one of the greatest flex flexes in our modern day and age is like, man, if you can take care of your wife and kids, if you have them or your partner and your kids, like that's a flex. Like it gets becoming more and more harder to to educate your kids well, to feed them well, to keep your wife where she's not getting burnt out, you know, because she's trying to do all the things that, that are, she's trying to keep up with life. And I think as, as men, you know, this is, I don't, I don't know where this lands with your audience, but I'm very conventional when it comes to like my belief about what it means to be a man. And I think one of the skill sets when it comes back to hormones is just having a stable set of hormones like if you can have stable hormones as a man versus like the fluctuation of a of different phases of a woman's cycle you can use that to your advantage right and you can use that to provide well and and to be there to be a source of peace and joy like how many how many husbands are providing financially but are not joyful in their house or like a good presence to their kids or like happy and smiling and bringing in that, that warmth and comfort like so many men come in we're gruff we provide, we put food on the table, but that's kind of it. When true provision is so much more than just those things, right? Like it's 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 making your kids feel loved and showing them that like, hey, you have value. There are consequences to your actions. Like there are things that there needs to be some discipline here in these different areas of your life, whatever, but guiding them and sheltering them like you're saying that Elon Musk is trying to do. It's like, I think that's, that's a great example of what it means to be a man is taking responsibility. Like that's what a real leader is, is taking responsibility for your family or for whatever you're responsible for. And it's not mean that you're going to be a misogynist and you just dictate and rule over. It's like you're, you're sheltering and providing and, and taking care of your responsibility. And, and that's, it's hard to do, but I think it's a, it's an ultimate flex. Yeah, Personally. I agree. Yeah. Maybe we need to start reprioritizing our engagement with the world and community and maybe things will start to change for the better. Yeah. Doesn't seem like anybody's very happy with the current state of affairs. Yeah. Online, in reality. In life in general. Yeah. We have more more freedom than ever mm. because of the tools that we have at our disposal. Sure. 
but I think we're more disgruntled and confused than ever based off of, you know, being and feeling lost sure. in a certain way. Nobody well, very feels fulfilled. Very few people are feeling fulfilled in their life path. Yeah. It's gotten progressively worse. People used to be okay with staying in their community sure, and working at a plant or in an industrial job that provided for a family mm. and taking pride in that this sure. person does this and this person does that. You yeah. know, and I'm all for free enterprise. Yeah, sure. I'm all for it. I think it's great. If you yeah. want to have a hobby and go outside of what that is, but it doesn't, we shouldn't be looking down on somebody that chose a certain life path and making them feel like that is beneath, yeah. beneath them either, right? Right. I mean, my grandfather on my dad's side raised his 10 kids. My grandmother never worked. He took them on vacations every summer and he ran a, a a potato chip delivery truck for my uncle for his brother that had a company called Snyder's and in, in, in the Pennsylvania area you know hmm. and uh that's what he did he he drove a route delivering chips to you yeah, know market life. yeah and lived a good life supported 10 kids owned a home retired took them on vacations played golf still had like some sense of community i mean for somebody now that's a stepping stone right sure we look at all of these paths as like that's not what i really want to do i really want to be i want to do this or i want right. to do that but what's wrong with that being you know what's wrong with society not telling you that that's enough right right but i think that i mean as you guys have probably experienced too it's like you know when i was in my 20s and i'm only i'm only 34 so i can't speak like i have all this age wisdom but like when I was in my twenties, it's like, oh, I just gotta, I gotta get this degree and I gotta accomplish this and I gotta build this business. And it's like, you know, I start doing all these things, start checking those boxes. And I look back and I'm just like, man, I just, I love hanging out with my wife and kids. Like that's, that's like my jam. Like we can go to Rome. We, we spent three months in Costa Rica this last winter. It was amazing. Like it was all great, right? Like living this dream life. I also love just being with them. Like we live, we stay with our family sometimes in Colorado. We'll stay with them in a basement and we just have no space for ourselves. And it's like cramped and not that great but it's still amazing because like my perspective has changed on what makes me content and like i i would like to think whether success or lack of success or whatever else if i can feed my kids and put a roof over their house uh, over their heads and same with my wife that is really again what makes me like feel like i'm content like i can i can go to bed happy you know and, and yeah. hopefully die a happy man it's the little things which are really big things but yeah yeah it, there are big things you know but like and i was just and i was out at a restaurant last night and i was just looking at the different families there because i was by myself and i was just kind of like more engaged with everybody around me than i normally am because i usually have my kids in front of me and i was just looking at like you know there's an asian family there's uh, a black family and there's like some other different families that, there's just like all different types of families right they're all just smiling and having a good time like eating food right at a dinner table and like I don't know. I think we make way too much of the travel and the leisure and, and the cars and the motorcycles and all these fun things. But it's like when it really boils down to it, like those little things, like really, they keep you going. You That's know? all there is. Yeah. Yeah. What else is there? Yeah. Like you got to eat, you got to have a place to sleep and you need to have people around you that you love. And I think if you have that, like that, that could be enough. It's enough. Yeah. It is enough. Yeah. I just think society has made it where people feel like it's not enough. Yeah. No. Ton of people have FOMO of, oh, these people went out on wherever last night and they saw it on social media. Like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'd yeah. rather stay at home, yeah. sit on the couch, That's just a... do nothing. Yeah. And just relax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think having that perspective is huge. But tell us about the farm a little bit. Yeah, man, I'd love to. Um, how did that come to be? And, and uh, how did you end up in Tulsa? So we were, we were in Colorado. Again, I had the business was about to like open the, uh, or buy a building and open a bigger practice and all that. And, uh, my business partner at the time, he, um, he started, he's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I kind of just want to, you know, maybe travel a little bit and have some more time with my wife. And, and they had a, a girl at that time, two girls actually. And he starts talking about this stuff. And I was like, I don't know, man, like I want to like build a business, you know, like really grow this thing up and blow it up and all that kind of stuff. And, and so my wife and I, we were just kind of talking and after that conversation, I had a business partner, I was talking to my wife and I was like, you know, what do you, like, what do you want? Like, what is like, what is the, the end goal here? You know, cause like we can keep just like kind of doing things and checking boxes, but like, what is the end result we're shooting for? 
And I read that book, um, The Millionaire Fast Line by MJ DeMarco. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it or read it, but it's, it's, it's I've read some of his other books. Yeah, it's a pretty good book. He basically talks about, and other people talk about this too, but just like knowing, knowing what your end result is and then working backwards, right? And I didn't know what my end result was. Like, I didn't know what we're shooting for, right? And so this was in 2019, I think it was, maybe 2020. And she's like, well, I would love to have horses. Like, I think horses would be great. Like, I grew up with horses. They're great for kids. They're great for kids and like training kids to like be responsible and just all these different things, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, great. Well, it's gonna be like a couple million bucks to buy horse property here in Colorado. So we're not quite ready for that yet. And and she's like, okay, that's fine. And we can wait. And I was like, well, I don't really, I don't really want to wait. You know, like, our kids are young. They're already like five and three and one at that time. So I was like, they're going to be 12 years old, 15 years old before we know it. Like we got to kind of get on this and be more proactive. So we were just asking those questions and we just kind of figured out like, yeah, like we want to, we want to change up the business. So we changed it from being in-person only to online and it opened up opportunities to work with people around the world. And that allowed us to travel. So we kind of traveled for a little bit. And in that time period of traveling for about a year, we just kept asking that question, like, do we really want horses? Do we really want land? Do we really want to kind of settle down and set some roots or do we want to kind of keep traveling and do this thing? And in that process, we just figured out like we really wanted to have a home base. Like we really, really want to have like some place where our kids could just walk out the front door, be safe and just be in nature and play and yeah. use their hands and work and just see how like the fundamentals of life operate, you know? And so we got back from Costa Rica and just started shopping for houses and Tulsa, we had some friends in Tulsa. We loved it there. It's like green and hilly and it's like a city, but it doesn't feel like a big city. It's really peaceful when you're there. It's like an hour 30 from yeah, Oklahoma city. Uh, you can fly to Denver, which is where our family is in like an hour. Like it's just, it's a 10 hour drive. So it's just all, it just checked a lot of our boxes and it's like really affordable. I mean, it's like the cheapest state, one of the cheapest states in the country. And, um, yes, we were able to get 11 acres there. Um, like a 5,000 square foot house wow. and I'm have a separate office building that we're remodeling as we speak right now, um, for like my studio stuff. And we have two horses and barn and two cats and two dogs and probably gonna get some chickens and yeah, it's great. How, how have the kids adjusted to this, uh, open land and feeling able to run free. free? Yeah. They're, they still hang kind of close to the house, you know, like they're six, six, four and two. So they're, they're still kind of like branching out a little bit. And my wife, we have a pond on one part of the property. And so we, my wife doesn't want them wandering too far by yeah. themselves, but they're progressively getting a little further out. Like we have a huge, like it's a quarter mile long driveway. So like they can like ride up the driveway, the whole thing's fenced in we have a gate at the front and it's just like, it's very like compound feeling. Like it's just, you that. guys go out and like do your thing. And it's a small town in Oklahoma. So there's not much crime and things like that. It's just great. I mean, it's really, you talk about like, I'm very, I was very content before that. And then out on there, I'm like, God, like, this is such a cool thing. Like, this is such a blessing. And you don't have to leave. Yeah. And we don't have to leave. And it's like, we, and I don't ever want to leave. Like when you asked me to come out for the, for the show, I was like, I don't, I don't want to go to LA, but I want to be on their podcast because it's a cool podcast. But like LA to me is like, it just, it's become like this like stressor, you know, like yeah. cities is like a stressor for yeah. me. Like I was going to ask you that. I'm saying now that you're, you can, the sense of urgency changes, obviously, right? Yeah. Because we're very high wound here. Mm -hmm. Not even as much as like a London or a New York, sure. obviously. There's levels to that yeah, and sure. intensity, you know? Right. At least, I guess, the more kickback of the high intensity city. Sure. But uh, uh, the California lifestyle or whatever yeah. you want to say, you know? But uh, we are definitely wound up, mm. very anxious. There's a lot going on. Yeah. It, it probably feels good to just kind of like... Yeah, you and can breathe. breathe. I mean, I have... And, uh, I have probably like move a little slower. Six hundred trees on my property, you know. Wow. Just like there's pecan trees and just all sorts of beauty out there, and it's just, I don't know, it's great. Like we had a huge bonfire the other night, like just a bunch of limbs we burned. It like literally got as tall as a tree. It was massive. I'm a little bit worried about it, but it, everything was fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out okay, but it's yeah, it's a good life, and it's again, that's it's not for everybody. Some people do well in the cities, but I, I don't know. There's something about getting your your feet in dirt and in grass more often than not, you know, and just in, in grounding. Hands and grounding. Yeah. Like the EMF whole thing is a huge factor in the cities. Like you gotta worry about 5g and all that stuff. And it, it's still a factor everywhere, but it's not as much there. I mean, if you're not, I mean, this is constantly drawing it's yeah. like a fucking just a, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you have a few families in a 
X amount of radius that are using these devices, the draw is not... Yeah, not nearly the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Plus your next neighbor is not a stone's throw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much privacy. I, I just go out and go pee all the time. It's amazing. The best part of being out there. Are you allowed to shoot on your property? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I do have a neighbor though. Point. <laughs> yeah. I just got a, I just got a St. Victor. Um, I was looking at Daniel defense, but I, I, I'm just kind of getting more into the, uh, the AR stuff. And so I was going to ask you about that, but I'll get your opinions. We can talk about it now if you want, but I know they're all great. Yeah. We'll talk about it more offline, but okay. Yeah. They all, he wants to be he wants to be a, a non partial right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but uh, they're all, they're all... they got to pay for that recommendation, right? <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah, but we shoot out there. It's it's fun. That's yeah, awesome, man. I'm glad that you guys made the. You know, actually saw it through and to fight the good fight and make a decision as a family and then yeah. make an effort. I talked to my wife about it uh, as well, about wanting that lifestyle, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I want to stay in California for business, obviously, but sure. I would love to have a property somewhere where I can just put up some greenhouses and have yeah. some land and like work from work from there, you know? Yeah, we can. I was yeah. talking to a friend this morning. He's like, you need to come to Idaho. I'm like, I hear really good things. Yeah, I do too. Central Idaho, like near, like towards the beautiful top up beautiful. there. Yeah, he's like, yeah. come stay with me for a couple of days, bring the family. Like, I got a whole separate guest house. I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck it, try it. Yeah, see how we like it. Up you guys there. will like it. Um, in certain regards, better than Texas. It's obviously a lot slower. Yeah. Um, it's all obviously. It is a little bit more, like, like what you square. Yeah. A little bit too. But uh, I think you'll enjoy it. You don't know? have to wear a cowboy hat walking around. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> well, can. <laughs> it's optional, but uh, recommended. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have but, horses. Uh, my wife still let me wear it. She won't let me wear a cowboy hat. She's like, "You're not a cowboy. You can't wear a cowboy hat." So, well, at least she keeps you honest. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> you got to earn that. I like, I want to so bad. But, yeah, you know, it's not authentic. You know, it's sooner soon enough. You're yeah. on the farm. I got Give boots. it a couple of years. Yeah. You get the boots. Yeah, I got, you get the well, belt. they're Tacovas, so I don't know if they're hardly. Uh, I should probably get a plug for Tacovas. Got a. Yeah. They got cool boots though. I like they their. Do. I like their stuff. They do a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, where does the? Where do you see? Like, where do you want the practice? to end up do you have an arc there what are you trying to See, do that's that's the funny thing um, as you're as you're evolving into this new space like what what is the plan something you want to share with people or that is a really good question um yeah so it's been one of those things i don't know like i think it's it's exceeded my expectations um i i blew up pretty quickly and i went from pre-covid I kept asking this question of like some, I kept saying like somebody needs to do something. Like I felt like the information wasn't all that truthful that was coming out about what was going on. And I kept feeling just like somebody, like somebody has to say something. And I felt this like prompting in my soul and I'm, I'm a Christian. So I felt like it was, you know, like God was saying like, you say something, yeah. like you do something. You have a voice for a reason. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And so I just started like praying about it and put some things out and literally you know, there was one night I was driving back home and I just prayed. I was like, God, just open the floodgates, like bring people to me that need to hear what I have to say. And literally that time on, like I just blew up. Like I went from zero, like I had 500 followers or whatever, and I have 370,000 now. Wow. So like it was, and that was in the span of like a year, it's very like impressive. 15 months. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not very good at what I do. I don't think I did, but I do think that the message is what matters. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying the whole creator thing at creationism. It's like, you just have to be able to actually do something like so that's where i'm kind of landing now is like i know that what i'm doing is working it's helping a lot of women we've helped you know about 700 women plus like fix their problems at more of a root cause level and and get their lives back and it's been through natural solutions and so it's like we're providing a meal plan tweaking their supplements helping them sleep and figuring out their circadian rhythm kind of stuff and then doing some hormonal testing in the, in the meantime yeah when you say getting their life back what are what are they coming like what are the what is the arc of like of things that you're you're uh, the most working on? Most common, yeah. Thing you see, um, hypothyroidism is a huge one. Autoimmune uh, issues like fibromyalgia, uh, lupus. Um, those are kind of like the primary issues that we're seeing. So, what, most ladies will come in no energy. You know, they're they're gaining weight like crazy on medications and they're just like, I don't, I don't know what else to do. And so I usually get those kind of people cause I'm on, I'm online. Like if you just reach out to some guy on Instagram, like, Hey, can you help me with my health? It's like kind of a, you gotta be pretty desperate. 
And so I have the advantage of looking at their health from like a thousand foot perspective and be like, okay, you've tried this with this endocrinologist, you've done this with your GP and you've had this surgery and you've tried this medication, but you haven't done these four things or whatever it is. Let's start with those things. And so we just start to create a plan for them. We, we create a meal plan for them, regimen for supplements and just get them to where they're meeting their physiological needs essentially. And then we, we will give them some time because your immune system is such that your immunoglobulins that usually create antibodies that create the attack have a half-life. And so oftentimes if you cut something out for about four weeks, that is causing a problem for you. You should start to see symptoms reduce at least. Um, some people are a little bit longer than that. It can be three months, it can be a little bit shorter, but somewhere in that time frame, we get that process going. And then we'll usually do a, a Dutch test, which is a hormonal test that shows kind of where they are with their progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, all those different levels to see like what levels need to change. And that's over 20, if I'm not mistaken. Hours. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, again, it's, it's kind of like more the gold standard. Um, I've used it before. It's a tool, you know, you have to use it right. And it's not going to solve problems. So again, it's, it's information that you have to use to then change what you need to implement. So yeah. that's what we do with that. Um, but it's really just a process. Like we put them through the process of just following our protocols and everyone's a little bit different. Like if you have gut health problems where you are having like H pylori overgrowth or SIBO, like you mentioned before, leaky gut, like we start fixing those issues while we are trying to get them to sleep and reduce inflammation and just those essential things. And so it's not rocket science. It's not crazy technical, but it's very solution based. And so that's been the goal. The biggest issue I've had is just, I've had, I've had too many people reaching out, but I, I didn't, I don't know how to really manage it that well. And so now I'm trying to look at ways that I can incorporate health coaches that have kind of gone through my process so that they can implement it for other people and kind of continue on that ripple effect. But yeah, I don't know if anyone's listening to this, that has ideas, I'm open to it that for more of a business perspective, business perspective because i'm i'm not of managing yeah. uh taking care of everybody and getting everybody help because yeah. it, it, you're one person obviously right yeah i have a health coach i use um anna bauer she's great and um she's functional medicine as well but it, yeah we, we just need probably more help on that front too so awesome yeah yeah do you find going back a wee bit in our conversation do you find birth control to be an endocrine disruptor oh absolutely yeah i would say um three least favorite drugs would be a statin um, a PPI, like a, a proton pump inhibitor. I'm sure you're aware of that. Obviously, well aware of that. And then birth control would be number three. Um, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a, one of my professors in school, he said that if you're trying to get pregnant and you are on birth control, you should probably wait about a year before you try because your hormones are going to take some time to kind of rebalance during that time. And so he usually recommended about a year. Some people usually say a few months, six months. Um, my wife has she was on a little, she was like an IUD, uh, when we first were married and then she was off it just cause I started reading about it. And I was like, this is not good. doing this. It depletes a lot of your zinc B6 can lead to copper deficiency. It really messes up a lot everything. of everything, everything. Yeah. I understand some people will use them for, for particular reasons. Um, obviously prevent preventing a pregnancy when it comes to a, a, a method to help balance hormones. I think it's terrible. <laughs> like it usually will give you some synthetic progesterone and it reduces endogenous production of progesterone typically. So then you start having more of an estrogen dominant situation and, you know, obviously producing more or less progesterone where you start seeing issues with your cycle frequency. So you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. What is a normal cycle these days? I mean, it should be around that 28 day mark, the 28 to 30 days. Um, it, it, it does vary. It just should be consistent, right? Like, so if a woman is typically like, Hey, I'm, I'm 28 days on the dot, like that's where I typically like to hang. That's great. But if it's like fluctuating, we're like, light bleeding every two weeks or then it goes out if you're not having a cycle for every three months like you're just seeing those inconsistent patterns like that's obviously a big red flag so that's more when you start to say like what what are you missing most of those women they're missing they're usually missing sufficient levels of omega-3s sufficient levels of b vitamins um obviously zinc like i mentioned before and a lot of those women also have issues with MTHFR, which is that gene that is passed down that will then make it difficult for you to process uh, folate or folic acid. And so that you don't methylate well, which is involved in DNA damage, cleanup and energy production, detox, all that kind of stuff. And it affects your hormones quite a bit. After someone has a miscarriage, how long do you think it takes for their hormones to re-regulate back out? Gosh, I don't know. Um, I don't actually know the answer to that. I think that is probably gonna be an individual answer as well, but I'm sure there's somebody has an answer. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's- I figure it's months. It probably is in the months range. There's also the psychological component of, of that, of, of experiencing another loss potentially that really can affect hormones. Um, so I, it really would come 
it would come down to a lot of different factors for me if it was my wife or one of my clients. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I can, I'll look it up for you though. Gary, if, if there is an answer. If there is an answer. Yeah. I would, it's probably like four to six months or something like that. It might be in that range, but. Um, what about all these girls doing like spray tans and stuff? Do you think that's messing with their endocrine system? There's, you know, I've looked at this bottles they say they're organic this is yeah bad. i don't know that's a, oh, our skin's an organ anything we yeah. put on it is obviously going to be uh yeah and then sucking things and then there. double stack that with all the makeup yeah yeah and you got you got the phthalates the parabens the uh triclosan like all those things heavy block metals. receptor sites right what'd you say heavy metals oh heavy metals yeah like gosh there's a whole list and so yeah you definitely got to clean up your pantry you got to clean up your laundry soaps you got to clean up your hand soaps your you know, what laundry hurting. soap do you use? You can make your own, actually. Um, I have a I have a recipe I have on my social on Instagram, actually. Um, I can't remember all the ingredients, but a lot of it's baking soda and like vinegar and yeah, basic stuff. It doesn't take. Some people say it doesn't work all that well. I don't. There, there's a lot of co more companies that are starting to kind of wake up a little bit and they're producing yeah. better products. Um, there's a there's a need for it and people are interested, so they'll make it, right? Right. Yeah. That's what I keep cool. saying. It's like you can dictate. We ask stuff. for it. They're, right. they're going to respond with something that we want. Right. Exactly. We forget the power we have as consumers. Mm -hmm. They will follow yeah, look along. Look at Bud Light. Yeah. Yeah. It can happen. Yeah. I think. I think the easiest way is you can look at that um, that Think Dirty app. You can kind of scan products and see what what's on there. You can also look at the um, Environmental Working Group. They have an, a, a website where you can type in a product and they'll show you what's in there, what's toxic, what's not. Um, this is again where people have a lot of debates. Some people say, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't really mess you that much. There's some people that swear by it. They say like, you absolutely have to eliminate these things. I always think. There's a happy medium. There's kind of a happy medium, but it comes down to where you, you are, right? Like you remember that desperation conversation we're having. It's like, if you are in a situation where you're not seeing success or results, like you got to do something. So you got to start checking boxes. If you haven't checked those boxes yet, start by checking those boxes and check them long enough to know that this problem has, this is no longer influencing your problem. And I, I think that usually can take, it can take six months sometimes just to start seeing any kind of progress with that just by cutting something out. But a lot of a lot of detergents um, that women are using and just the clothing they're wearing just they block receptor sites for uh, for healthy hormones. Clothing they're wearing is a uh, synthetic fibers, polyesters, yep, uh, nylons, things of this nature, right? Yep. Yeah, I've, I've read that obviously organic cotton and linen and and these uh, finer yep. textiles are are better for us. Yeah, more natural. You know, they're just more natural. I mean, I I switched to um, hundred percent cotton. Underwear, just because it's like that's. Right. I wear. I I don't like to wear the uh, the the uh, other stuff as well. I feel like I breathe better and yeah. I'm more comfortable in just the hundred percent cotton. Yeah. Than I am in these. Uh, there's a few that are okay, but mm. I, I feel very like restricted when I get into like the the synthetics and yeah. even the elastanes and bamboos and all of these other I've never tried those. fibers and yeah. stuff. There's all types of different like sure. modal and they have softer, more form fitting type of of things. But for some reason, I feel like kind of just off when I'm mm. wearing them. They're like a little clingy and a little. It, I don't feel the same as when I just have a cotton breathable, sure. you know, undergarment. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that we're starting to see the fruit of our labor in a negative way. You know, like we we implemented these things, you know, I don't know how many years ago, but our society has just perpetually gotten worse in a lot of different areas of, of diabetes and insulin resistance and cardiovascular disease and autoimmunity. And so it's like you can look back to when things like glyphosate came around when um, I think it was up back in the 70s, like it's it literally started to like we're on the same trajectory with our incidence rate of um, celiac disease and autoimmunity as we are with our use of glyphosate. And so there are just things that we're starting to see the fruit of our labor or the lack thereof of, of what we're using. And I think as time goes on, if people start to say, hey, I'm, I'm done with this, I'm not going to buy that, they won't be making anymore. So that's why I always say, like, if you want to change something, just stop buying it. Like, if you realize that, like, the cereals in the store, in the store are poisoning your kids, stop buying the cereals, you know, stop giving them goldfish and all that crap, like, just give them real food and, and if you can buy organic, buy organic. You know, like if, if, if you can afford these healthier things, do that. If you can get a reverse osmosis water system in your house, do that. Like stop drinking from the tap, you know, like just do those. So you're a fan of RO versus like natural spring water? Well, I think if you can get natural spring water, that's yeah. great. You know, I don't think I have issues with that, but I think for most people, like if you can get an RO system, that's, that's great. To cook with and everything. Yeah. I mean, like if you can get like a softener in your house, like that's, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not sure if you looked at a reverse osmosis system for your whole house, but it's, I looked at one for mine. It was going to be like $30,000 just for 
no, water system. There's new ones that are like five, six grand for the really? whole house. Okay, I'll, you're I'll send you it with me. Yeah, because yeah, I haven't. They, Someone actually just told me about it two really? weeks ago, and they're like, "Ditch your water softener, go RO for the whole house." Dude, yes, definitely send that to me because I was shopping for. I didn't see anything like that, so that's great. Um, yeah, just just you know, I think people are waking up. Like people are becoming more mindful, but there's still so many people that don't know about the basics, right? Like don't know about what the greatest, just like threats that are in their face. Like the food you eat all day long, it's like, imagine it's just poison, like eating poison. Well, like even long. Doug kind of blew my mind on some people take scolding hot showers Well, you just vaporized oh, all yeah. the shit that's in your water. Yeah. In your lungs and in your skin. Yeah. Well, um, my daughter and my wife tend to take extremely, extremely <laughs> hot showers and, and then long showers. No, my daughter, uh, Paige, yeah, Paige and, uh, and uh, Jen take extremely hot showers. And then my daughter complains about her skin and she's putting all these products on and stuff, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I take, I'm guilty of taking warm showers as well. Sure. I don't have them scolding hot. I feel like women have a They like that shit fucking three, burning. <laughs> yeah, I, they like it a lot hotter than I feel like men. Because they have a hypothyroid and they're cold. <laughs> I don't I mean, know, but it, that shit yeah, fucking hurts. I mean, it, it could be a, a hormone yeah. issue, but there's sure. probably something deeper to that. But well, uh, then you look at the chlorine in the water and that causes a issue to Exactly, but thyroid. also like yeah. you said, you're vaporizing all of these things that they're adding back to this wastewater basically, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that what we're at yeah. now? We're really yeah. like in Italy, well, in Rome, you see that the water flows free because yeah. that's their way of sanitizing, right? Mm -hmm. Is that they just let the fucking shit run off. Yeah, don't reuse it. And yeah, and it, it just flows free and you don't have to treat it. We treat water, yeah, which means that they're recycling all of the wastewater, yeah, putting well, it back through an RO, yep, and then retreating it with chemicals to give it a little bit of a, a balance of minerals back <laughs> to it, and then putting it in the tap. Adding chloride or chlorine and fluoride, and you're good. Yeah, yeah, and that's well, kind of where we're at, right? Washing yeah. our hands, brushing our teeth, even if we don't use it to drink or cook, we're still sure. well, even toothpaste these days taking it in, right? Yeah, the toothpaste is a big problem. Yeah. I mean, fluoride and all that stuff in general, I mean, it's a direct inhibitor of your iodine absorption. Um, so like that, that's a big problem for thyroid. Talking about iodine and iodized salt and these things, I've read uh, some issues on that too, as we've moved away from the iodized salt that we used to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it gets back to that. Like, again, you're, you're eating table salt, which again, really just causes more issues with water retention. Um, but for healthy people, it really doesn't, you know, your body will excrete it, but you're not getting any of the benefit that you normally would from the from ionization of the salt like we used to. So yeah, that's thyroid issues. I've, I think they've tripled in the last 20 years, doubled in the last 20 years. And it's like, I think it's more than that. Maybe more than that. I think it was maybe 96 to 2016, it doubled, but I'm sure it's doubled or tripled. Quadrupled. Since. Yeah, since then. Um, so yeah, there's, there's all sorts of issues, right? And it's like, you look at other developed countries, you know, like Italy's one, like I was just very impressed with Italy for just a couple of different reasons, which is because the GMO and glyphosate and the water issue, like that alone for me, I was like, I would live here over the United States in a heartbeat just because I don't have to deal with this all the time. Like I got back in the United States and after being here for like three days, I had a headache. I didn't have like, I had like pizza every day, I had gelato every day, and maybe it was just my immune system catching up to me, but like, I like went for it and then like, you came back skinnier probably. Oh, probably. Yeah. Well, that's never, well, you walk a lot, but yeah, you yeah. walk a lot too, yeah. but, but just like the way you feel like you don't, that digestive symptoms you'd have here with eating that kind of stuff is just not it wasn't there, there. Yeah. that's what everybody says i don't yeah. have the issues uh i mean obviously i feel heavier or lighter but sure. yeah. but i don't have a, like a, a direct uh you know issue but over there i could definitely tell even with all the moving around i was doing that none of this was really affecting me in that manner right? yeah i think the water is a huge part of that you know if you just imagine we're all ingesting somebody's digestive birth control you know I mean, water. there's all types of stuff running off in it, you know, yeah. and we're, we're getting it regardless. Right. And I mean, seeing them just say, Hey, this is natural spring water that's coming out of the ground somewhere. And they're, you know, they've built these amazing aquifer systems yeah. that are just cleaning it through rocks and clay and dirt. And then just letting it run free all over the city was a pretty beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty cool to see. Did you go to the Trevi fountain? Yeah, we went to the fountain. Yeah. yeah. Did um, you drink from that? No, we didn't drink from the fountain. We got there early. We tried to, uh, my wife wanted to get like a good pick. So we tried to get up early. She got ready at like a ridiculous time in the morning, like 4 a.m. Oh our schedule was kind of off anyway, because yeah, we had just sure. waking up really early with the baby. We had our one-year-old with us. So. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and uh, we raced down there and we got there at like 6.15. And there was like just a huge freaking crowd already. It was so funny. Yeah. She was like 
trying to get there to like you have to get there early to get this perfect picture and then we're like <laughs> ain't happening hundreds of people bro hundreds everywhere you know what the i mean place is crawling you'd people. probably have yeah. to be there at like 4 a.m like i don't know if it ever stopped sunrise i don't think it stopped i don't think it ever yeah, stopped. as soon as the lights up you're there you I mean, know Rome I mean? was just like popping all the time all night yeah you could hear it crazy yeah yeah it was so it fun was busy yeah it was busy busy such a light-hearted feeling in rome i felt like i, I mean for us they enjoy life yeah they definitely enjoy for life. sure you can yeah. see that like people are out and about and that yeah. socializing is more important than yeah pretty much anything else that's really what it felt like it's the people conversation again. nobody was like even people doing their job but it's not taken so seriously mm-hmm and people are okay with it yeah it's okay that like we're not complaining about the service you just you're they're gonna serve you the way they want to serve you yeah i noticed there was a lot of restaurants that had like low reviews and then we went to a few of them and there was like amazing food and i think the reason the reviews are low is because like they take a long time to serve you yeah and it aggravates or people. they'll just tell you no yeah i had a guy <laughs> where i try to order no i try to order noki from him with with some fish and he said no no noki <laughs> He was like a real, it was like yeah. some real Roman, like a real, like our first restaurant we ate at, at a night. And it was like super authentic. I mean, they had, they were just bringing dishes. There was uh, probably the owner was sitting with some friends in like the first room and they were just bringing dishes out of the kitchen. And like, they had a very aggressive, like Roman Italian sure. language, you know, when it's like super sing-songy, but yeah. this one was like very strong and matter of fact. Mm -hmm. and I was like, obviously this guy's a somebody because you can just tell in the way. Yeah, it's just an authority. Yes, that everybody is is kind of around. But uh, yeah, the, the guy there, he just, he was in control of the situation. You're kind of going to get what you got. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best caprices we had like really? the whole time we were there. But uh, yeah, I asked for a glass of wine. He said, no, bottle. And I was just like, it was just kind of like that thing. Like, they're not yeah. afraid to just tell you, yeah, nah, it's not going to happen. It's going to go down like this. And, yeah. And you're going to enjoy it, too. And you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciated it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really very lighthearted. Yeah. So you didn't get your Noki? No, not <laughs> We did eat Noki, but not, story. Like, not from there. No. Not from that guy. No, no, no. Uh, and also, one more thing I noticed is that outside of the tourists being rude as fuck when it came to having kids with you. Oh, really? they're just like people don't like they don't kids, give a man. fuck they're yeah. just like all yeah. over the place and not even taking credit like at the vatican and other places sure. like you obviously have a stroller or a baby and like most common courtesy would be but the italians themselves were super accommodating yes to children mm -hmm. and taking care of you and skipping lines and wow. pulling you out of lines and customs and at the airports and all like the train they want the tourism no, because they're just family oriented. Yeah. They take care of their own. That's, they sit down the to dinner with each other. That's yeah. the culture. But yes. you could see that the other people who were obviously weren't from there, that just wasn't necessarily that. the case. But yeah. the, the the real Italians definitely did. We noticed that know. we noticed that we were in Costa Rica. We I was kind of put off a little bit because they're the Costa Ricans were so friendly to our kids. I was like, stop like they were like pat them on the head and like lift them up. And I was like, What do you like don't touch my kid? And then yeah. after like the first week, I was like, Oh, they're like very nice people and they're helping my kids and my You're like, I gotta knock this shit off. Yeah, like <laughs> I need to stop being so American. And then like when I got back, I was like, hey, these people are so rude to my kids. Like they're just like not paying attention to them. Like, yeah, like the whole thing you're yeah. talking about. It's just like it's really unfortunate. But I think that this is this is interesting too. This is kind of related to our conversation, but the Italians are like on the brink of kind of going ex exist or extinct. Like yeah. they're they're losing their population at a fast rate. And well, they have a very aging population. Yeah, that's why COVID hit them so hard. Yeah. early too. Because each woman each woman has like one point three kids, you know, and it's yeah. not enough to replace. And so they're losing their culture, you know, which is really unfortunate because it's it's getting you know inundated with other people groups. But uh, people are worried about the you know everybody speaks on overpopulation, but right. from the brilliant minds that I. Uh, I tend to uh, trust yeah. um, seems like population collapse is a much bigger and more significant threat to our civilization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would agree. It's become like almost a, a thing where uh, we're getting to a point where it's hard to take care of a family. Right. And, you know, my daughter says that she doesn't want to have kids. I see mm -hmm. a lot of other people that have taken on this. Uh, really? yeah she, she said that since she was young hmm. but i mean i see a lot more people that are just okay and that doesn't seem to be part of their life plan which sure. is fine I yeah it works for some people yeah but you know we kind of have a duty uh to civilization to keep this thing going along as well right yeah well again i think it gets back to kind of like what what makes you tick you know yeah. like there, there we need people out there that don't have kids to like do certain things and like 
execute at a very high level 100%. because they don't have that responsibility. Then there's other people that most of us, we need to have kids and it fulfills us quite a bit. Yeah. And there's so much joy and blessing in that. But the, 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 the trend is that it's making, yeah, like you're saying, it's very hard to financially provide and sexually just reproduce. Yeah. Like when you have birth control in your water yeah. and you're drink, eating food that's zapping your testosterone, making it hard just to conceive a kid. It's a lot like, of social taboos. We had another guest on that is a sex therapist in some ways or a relationship expert. And he was talking about technology and porn and mm. oh, now wow. artificial intelligence sure. and like sex uh, robots and all oh, types wow. of things that were entering into this realm. And he was like, he was talking about the rate of uh, of uh, people losing their uh, virginity. male losing their virginity and how it's been skyrocketing in age from mm. a certain point to like mid twenties something to thirty years old. Oh wow! And a a very high percentage of males just because they have this AI stuff. Just well, they because have... they're not told no anymore. Like you can have a virtual relationship it's with not an just that, but model. the virtual relationship is more appeasing because you're not judged. Sure. It's not putting yourself out there. Right. Okay. You're not uh, systemically like, like demasculated because this is all offensive. You sure. know. Right. I seen a study with a woman the other day, or she was speaking on the fact that, uh, you know, women were talking about nobody paying attention to them. There was some video of some chick at, at Home Depot uh, talking about how nobody, oh right, nobody came up to her to like hit on her yeah. or say anything, and everybody's telling me to go to Home Depot because that's where all the men are and this and that. And this other lady was commenting and they were like, well, maybe they just don't, they don't feel comfortable saying anything because we've told them They're that that trouble. is yeah. not the thing to do. So now they just ignore us and it's like kind of a, a slippery slope, right? Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. You're darn if you do, darn if you don't. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, there's that in play. Um, mm -hmm. There's also been a lot of studies uh, like looking at China, China's population and their, their, you know, the way they went with the whole one child issue and saying that they have a very aging population as well. Sure. Um, they didn't adjust fast enough and that I guess there's like a real, real threat of having working age people to keep up with the economy and the mm. workforce that they've obviously, you know, production is their, their big sure. thing and uh, not having working age people, you know, you, we, we think so, limited but a couple generations out and things flip-flop very right. fast right? doesn't take much time yeah. yeah and all of a sudden you're you're oh shit now we have a real big issue right right now we have to bring people in because to keep the ship afloat because we don't have people to do this at this moment right mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's a real threat I, you know it's it gets into a lot of these conspiracies that are probably not any conspiracies anymore you know that we've been hearing for the last few years about depopulating the earth and you know making these uh 15 minute cities and all that kind of stuff where it's just really easy to control people and i think you start looking back and you, you start looking at kind of the trajectory and you're like i could see how that could be a thing like that that may be actually part of the the plan you know yeah. whatever that great reset plan is control the food and the water yeah well yeah you demasculate the men you like you 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 decrease the ability to repopulate and you make them weak it's like and then you have a, a systemic effect that happens just from that with men but it also happens to everybody else too so and then no voice right yeah well yeah the demasculation de is to get the subservient you know i mm -hmm. think in other cultures there's been a there's other cultures that are more subservient than ours sure and this is kind of you know we're kind of like the last frontier for this very cowboyish type of yeah thing you know but it is necessary in certain regards as well especially if you want to stand up to uh stand up for yourself to start with let alone right, for, yeah. for, for anything else let's start with having a, an opinion and actually being able to voice and state it without fear of uh of repercussion you know yeah and there's a tactful way of going about it you know and i think that's that's what the people that didn't get canceled immediately were able to do is they found ways to kind of like not say certain buzzwords to get canceled but we all kind of knew what they were saying right and so now i feel like we just need individuals parents or whatever to go to the school boards to go to their local chamber meetings and just like stand up there and like be the voice there because like that has a huge ripple effect right like starting locally yeah a local effect what grassroots. you can continue like what or, you can actually control my opinion start my own pod and teach or do what group you guys are doing now yeah six ten whatever 
the hell you decide to do in your pod and just like you said your your legacy statement of what do you want to hand down to your kids and not financially yeah well give them the right foundations to start with and I don't know if I want to go against the school board, but I'll go against them in my own way where I'm sure. not saying anything, but I'm still getting what I want done. Well, and you're raising your kids to like have a backbone and to follow your creed or whatever you guys have established. You know, I think that's that's important because the, the kids are facing such a indoctrination all day long from whatever they're watching on their phone or in the school system or whatever, you know, and it's like if there's no opposing voice in, in the home at the dinner table, it just runs rampant, you know, and I think that's that's the threat we face as parents. It's just not being intentional with our words and our actions in the direction we're taking our family, you know, but then everybody needs to be on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. At least whoever your circle is. Right. Which is not always easy. No, yeah. no, but it's good. It's necessary. So, no. so um, we'll wrap up uh, before we go. Um, is there anything we missed that you would like to share with the viewers and listeners? And is there something in closing that you just want to uh, convey uh, that you think the world needs to hear? Oh, man. Um, the first thing that came to mind was just, I think, I always boil things down to these two issues. There's, there's, there's ignorance and there's iniquities. There's things that you don't know that can destroy you. There's things that you do know that you let destroy you. Mm -hmm. I think both those categories need to be, you need to dig deep on those things and figure out what is harming you and are you being proactive against it? And I think if you can start with that framework, you can really start to tackle a lot of big problems that you're facing um, and just kind of boil it down. So that's, that's probably what I'd wrap up with. There you go. Simple, but very, very, very true. Yeah. And you're right. We do, you know, ignorance and and knowing about it and letting it and letting it get us is a, is a totally different ball game yeah do you have anything that you you missed or you want to the fuck the part is every time we end i'm you get all i'm like blood of fuck i forgot that <laughs> question right now i have nothing okay well we appreciate your time <laughs> yeah i appreciate you guys yeah, it's been fun yeah, we're happy to do this and uh share this space and uh it's a good space. please let everybody know where they can find you at and and follow the practice and, yeah uh, the, you can so. um you can always search the active life program um dot com you can also just search my social media handles it's just um dr.austin.lake and so dr austin lake and i'll link it below for everybody yep and um yeah that's really i'm not again i I'm growing as a business owner and I, I'm, I'm looking for ways to utilize my voice, but I'm still not totally sure what it looks like. So if you guys have any right. ideas, let me know. All, all, one day at a time, bro. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten here and I'm sure you have, you know, great heights to, to achieve just by, you know, like you said, you wanted to be a voice and that's what started this path and the success is based off of, uh, you know, I think obviously something speaking through you. So yeah, it's a I good appreciate thing. that. Thanks guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, comment, subscribe. See you guys on the next one. Peace. See ya.